Welcome to episode number seven of the Fill Me In podcast. Once again, thank you to everyone who's been listening to the show. You know, it's greatly appreciated each and every episode I release. It's, you know, it's been fun. It's something to do, especially during this period of time that we're in and with the coronavirus. And now, obviously, um, with the issues going on in general in North America regarding uh, kind of racism and kind of police brutality, um, obviously, that's kind of the reasoning behind I don't that I didn't record an episode last week because I didn't think it was the right kind of right for me to promote my podcast, especially a post on Instagram when there's, you know, bigger issues involved in the world right now that we kind of have, that's like have the main focus on right now. Um, yeah. So in general, it's kind of sad what's going on, but um, it, it's hopefully, you know, change will happen. Um, this week on the podcast, um, obviously since I didn't break it down prior, but, uh, on, on this prior last week or whatever, I'm going to review the event, uh, UFC fight night event that happened two weeks ago. And I'm going to talk about this past UFC pay-per-view, um, 250, UFC 250. And then we'll discuss, um, the, upco- this underwhelming UFC event that's happening, uh, this week with Jessica I and Cynthia Calvillo on the main event. Um, but more importantly, I got our second ever guest on the podcast, Borja Pekulich, is going to join me. We're going to discuss some NBA, some soccer in England, Spain, and Germany, and, you know, just in general. So let's take it right into that interview with uh, Borja. Joining me as the second ever guest on the Fill Me In podcast, my friend of 18 to 19, 18 or 19 years, uh, Boja Perkovic. Welcome to the show. Thank you, bud. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's just get right into it. Um, obviously, we put the podcast on hold this past week because of obviously what is going on right now in the world here and whatever happened in Toronto and obviously the issue. Um, issues and what's going on in America with regarding racism. Um, so the NBA announced uh, they're bringing, coming back, they're going to Orlando, Disneyland. Uh, 22 teams are coming back, nine from the East, eight from the West, uh, not eight from the West, 12, 13 from the West. Mm-hmm. So um, what's your thoughts on the format, how they're doing it with eight games with each team, playing yeah. eight games and then. Well, can I cuss? Am I allowed to cuss? No, yeah, go ahead. Because the Raptors got fucked in this. Because if you look at their schedule, they play all pre-existing playoff teams. And so I know the. I think the way they did it was it goes by your regular season schedule, correct? And then if you had a game against a team that's not in, it skips it, right? And so yeah, from what I so what I saw, the Raptors, you know, they got Milwaukee, they got Boston, they got Miami, they got the Sixers, they got Orlando, they have the Lakers, and then I think it's Denver. For the other game and it's like it's tough because right now boston is only what three games behind like dude man that's i i can see us going like a four and four but in terms of the actual the way that they brought it back i think it makes the most sense i mean if you look at the west you got portland new orleans sacramento and the spurs coming back all of them are within four games of memphis and i and to be honest with you, I was kind of sh- I, I understood because Shams came out and he was like, "Yo, Portland is the only team that voted against it." 
And at first I was like, that's, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's weird. I don't know why they'd be doing that. But, you know, you look into it, three and a half games behind Memphis and you get Zach Collins back and you get Nurkic back. Like, uh, I'd be pretty pissed off too if I had that close of a chance to get back in. So what I was going to say about this, um, I don't think what I think Michael Grange and whoever else, I, I don't know who initially, I don't know that's definite because I know the Raptors were supposed mm-hmm. to play Memphis twice. Because the Raptors, yeah. here's the thing too, Raptors haven't played Memphis at um, And if that's true, then Raptors won't play Memphis. Mm-hmm. Like JB won't play against Toronto yeah. for like two years or it'll be two years until he plays them or whatever, mm-hmm. how the schedule lays out. And then yeah, obviously Danny Green never Um. So I don't know if that's definite. I think – I believe the Raptors were supposed to play Detroit their next game, and then I think they were yeah. going on a back-to-back with Memphis. So we're going to play one game in Memphis, one game in Toronto right after yeah. that. Okay. So I think it's it might change. We might end up playing Memphis maybe twice. I don't know. Um, also, They're doing very also well. Important effect. Yeah, Men- Memphis uh, surprisingly well, obviously, with the young core. <sighs> JB, I mean, you had JB John Moran, Darren Jackson you on fantasy. You know exactly how well he was doing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know I always believed in JB. JB is my guy. He's always my yeah. favorite, he's my favorite player. I got his Raptors jersey, the Huskies, <laughs> the Toronto Huskies jersey. He's my guy. I always, I always had faith in JB. I always defended him. Uh, yeah. Tom McCaw's not my guy that I defend. He's my guy that I defend on the Raptors. <laughs> McCaw? I don't know about that McCaw. I don't know about that one. Yeah, but that's my guy. I always have my second my before it was also Norm, but that Norm is actually playing good now, so I don't have to defend him anymore. Which is an important thing too, because Norm was getting Norm was uh coming off. He was the last player of the week. Him and LeBron were the last player of the week in the Eastern yeah. Western Conference. I think Norm also got hurt too. Raptors also benefit from obviously everyone healing up, especially Marcus Holkin. All these guys come back. Mm-hmm. Um the one issue I have, I think Washington really isn't needed. They're I five agree. and a half games back. Mm-hmm. They're really like realistically, unless Orlando and Brooklyn lose every single game, mm-hmm. and also, so hopefully whatever that format of the schedule. Because I think also the Raptors also got lucky too. Because if they end up still saying that it's two spot or whatever, they'll either play Brooklyn or Orlando, and also mm-hmm. if they end up playing Brooklyn. They don't have to play a Kevin Durant-led Brooklyn team. But also, that, that as, a, as, a Raptors, yeah, as a Raptors fan, I would rather play against Brooklyn than Orlando also because of the fact Same. that Brooklyn, Brooklyn has only the, – the thing that I think people forgot is Kenny Atkinson only got uh, got fired right before kind of. So the Nets only played yep. two games under uh, Jacques Vaughn, I think, who is the interim mm-hmm. head coach right now. Yeah, you're right. So there's still issues like that. And I think also the most important aspect is uh, – Team unity, you know, Raptors have been. I think a lot of these rap the Raptors team and the Bucks team, obviously, and the Celtics will benefit from you know these guys being around each other for a while now, playing together. While a team like mm-hmm. the Lakers and Clippers, where you know you've got this kind of mismatch assembled or whatever kind of group, yeah, that might not be the case. And also, I think, well, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, go the thing, uh, the thing that I was mention- gonna say that, sorry, go but the thing I was gonna say is a lot of people were worried about Brooklyn and they were like, well, if it stays the same, we're going to play Brooklyn. And a lot of people had the false assumption that Kyrie and Katie were going to come back. The thing that I didn't understand was Katie said two, I think three months ago, he wasn't coming back. And I don't think his opinion was going to change even with this Orlando thing, because you got to think about it last year, 
comes back in the playoffs early, tears or towards Achilles. It's like, dude, I, I think he's very, very worried about coming back. And the only reason I was worried about it is, okay, Orlando's half a game behind Brooklyn. Orlando plays historically well against us, historically well. Yeah. And so I was looking at it from the aspect, well, I'd rather play a team with Jared Allen and Dinwiddie as opposed to Orlando, who have been playing fucking phenomenal. Fultz has been all, playing out of his ass this entire year, showing that why he should still be in the NBA. Augustine's been doing well. Vucevic is Vucevic. You know what you're going to get from him. Even Aaron Gordon, I think he had, what, two triple-doubles, three triple-doubles last 10 games of the season before it all went down. I'm like, listen, man, it would have been a tough game. So we get, hopefully, we can stay, Brooklyn can stay there at that seventh seed. I am a little bit worried we might drop from, third to sixth uh sorry from uh second to third and then have to potentially play either the pacers or philly i think a philly yeah. first round would be brutal for us it um, could also end up being miami too because miami's only two games could, ahead yeah. as well so that really so realistically how i'm looking at it is obviously bucks are gonna be first for sure uh and then it's agreed, between yeah. either raptors raptors or bucks can switch over or miami and then miami and Pacers and the Sixers can interchange from four to six, and then obviously Nets and Magic, yeah. unless the Wizards make a miraculous run and win every single game. But um, which I I don't. Yeah, no John Wall. Yeah, I don't yeah, think you're pushing it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Do we know that John John Wall is out for? Do you think yeah, there's any possibility? Yeah. He's, he, did he say anything well, out? I don't think he's ruled it out personally. I know that there's been some talk that he could come back. I even th- if he does, however, five and a half games, Orlando's not going. You know, I don't think Washington's getting five games on top of Orlando in this eight-game format. Like, to me, the East is the one that I feel like will be less interchangeable. I feel like, like you said, like, Milwaukee's got first locked up. I think it's possible that Toronto and the Bo- and Boston switch, but I doubt it. It's most likely going to be between Toronto second, Boston third, and then, yeah, Miami Pacers and Sixers can just rotate. Um, but so the East isn't what I'm too worried about. I think Washington could go on a run. I, the problem is none of the schedules are out for these eight games. And so yeah, it's hard so to get. Know who's, we I don't know exactly. who's playing who. Yeah. Who's, exactly. Who's so it's hard to schedule. Get, exactly. Yeah. I think all uh, schedules will be pretty tough though, for the most part, because obviously you're playing playoff, playoff caliber teams. Yeah. Unless someone ends up playing like those like lower tier Western. So if they, someone plays the Phoenix Suns like twice or something. Yeah. Are, that's a are thing Phoenix too. in it? Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix is the 13th team. Oh, my only, God. Yeah, that was a team I was – you said, like, all – yeah, so Phoenix is still in. I don't know. I guess they want – that was the thing, too. Like, I was thinking when it was initially proposed, obviously, there was rumors it was just going to be whatever, the 11 teams from the West and then whatever, eight mm-hmm. teams, because the, King, um, the Kings, Pelicans, and Blazers all have the same whatever record. And yeah. I thought, yeah, obviously, it's a push by NBA to try to get Zion into the playoffs. Obviously. Of course, yeah. But uh, it's – I can – you know what? Honestly, I can see San Antonio making it into that eight spot, too. San, like, I don't know. Do you think so? But, yeah, you know what? It's the Spurs, right? You cannot – you never can count out the Spurs. Like, the Spurs haven't missed the playoffs mm-hmm. since when? Since, like, Tim Duncan – before Tim Duncan was well, there. Well, last year was the – last two years, I think, now have been the first two that they've missed since Tim Duncan came in. So it's like I, I can understand that. I mean, listen, what you can say what you want. Spurs have a good team, man. Dejon, uh, oh, no, Dejounte Spurs, Murray, Spurs were in the incredible defense. Yeah. Oh, were they? Spurs oh, yeah, were in the playoffs. Right, last you're right. You're right. You're right. They were seventh seed. Yeah. Dejounte Murray, though. They're not always. You got, yeah, DeRozan. I mean, Rudy Gay was also having like 
fucking good good season, man. Like, yeah, Lonnie Walker is also healthy. But he, he was injured yeah. going into the break. Also, DeRozan. I don't know if you saw DeRozan, but DeRozan looks yoked out too. Coming. That was the thing too. Like Marcus, yeah, Sol- Marcus Sol lost the way Lowry looked fucking jacked. And then you see like DeRozan. I wish they did it before this season. I wish they did yeah, it before this. But, they were crippling my team because Casol was sitting on IR for me for yeah. forever. It was brutal. But yeah. here's the thing too that was mentioned. Obviously, I believe they're extending free agent signings, and I don't know what the status of Demarcus Cousins is because the Lakers released him, which I think was the dumbest thing. They should have still kept him on the whatever IR or whatever, and hope for that he can come back because he's obviously incre- huge asset yeah. to the team. You can obviously play. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I, if he's healthy, wait, I didn't they release the Marcus though? Didn't they release they him for that Marcus extra roster spot man. about like two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Before I think it was right before the trade deadline, or so I yeah. think they're going to sign. And also the thing is, I'm wondering what the NBA is going to do with the two way players. Are are they going to be like you know like what? That's what I don't know. With all soccer, be like, hey, you know what? We'll let you guys play with the two way players in the playoffs because you know. Usually, yeah. it's either you convert those two-way players into a full-time contract, mm-hmm. and then if you have someone that is, if you have to cut a spot, you'll cut a spot. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that happened with um, what's his name that was on the Raptors last year. Fuck. Um, oh, um, he got cut. Uh, so Boucher, Boucher yeah, got signed, and then oh, uh, Lorenzo Brown, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's it. That's what he was. G League MVP yeah. and he I'm was really not good. I play. I'm pretty sure he's like playing for Partizan mm-hmm. in like Serbia now. I don't know. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know. He might be. I know he's playing in Europe, but he's apparently star point guard in Europe now too. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's interesting because obviously Raptors two way play. O'Shea Brissett has obviously played well. You know, a solid mm-hmm. defender. You know, solid like he he's had, good, he had man. that game he's against OKC good. or whatever. I think he got like twelve points. He's a solid guy, like a used, yeah. you know, solid bench player that you know bring that three in, like the three and D kind of style. Of course, yeah. Same with Matt. Matt was good. Matt was Thomas was playing very well before yeah. they started going. Well, he was Thomas, playing that yeah, like Tom, sniper yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah, but Thomas. The, the one thing that Tom, I'm a little, what? little confused about in terms of their format was so my understanding was it's a double elimination for nine to eight. So if nine eight, it's let's say eight nine are tied. I'm pretty positive that eight, if they beat them once, it goes. But nine would have to beat eight twice for them to get that eight position. So what they haven't clarified is nine, ten, and eleven. Let's say theoretically, Portland, the Pelicans, and the Kings are all tied. How or or Sacramento or uh, San Antonio too? San Antonio could get it. it could be a four way tie for that nine that nine seed. Because um, I don't really think Phoenix will. I think Phoenix have a lot of issues to work out in the off season. They have a good team on paper, but this doesn't seem to be working out. So I'm wondering how, what kind of like a play-in tournament is it going to be? Like, are they all going to play each other once, see who wins? Like, I'm curious to see how it works out. Because listen, if you can get Portland in that eight spot, uh, if I was uh, if I was the Lakers, I'd be a lot more worried about Portland in that eight spot than the Pelicans personally. Yeah. So obviously, I think it's. Um, I think that's more issues with the draft per se, because I think it's still eight teams in obviously each conference. There's no, I don't think any. Uh, but I think the issue, so I know for a fact some teams or like the Lakers only had played 63 games while the Mavericks had played 67. So they're just going to calculate based off percentage because yeah. that's the thing too. 
So it might be also that take they're that probably gonna have take to. that account if if a team has played more games and they have the same record as a team that's played less, then I guess the team with the less game go through unless they're head to head. Like I think that was report. It's confusing. But you know what? Hopefully it doesn't come yeah. to that. That's but uh right now obviously the West, you know, everyone from the Grizzlies to the Kings uh, to the Spurs obviously has a chance or whatever. Pretty much, Mavs. Yeah. Mavs, if they win, Mavs win their next game, they can they're clinching right now. So it's just they're all fighting for that eight spot. Um, That's an interesting th- matchup, though. Clippers and Mavs in the first round. That's an interesting matchup. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. I think Clippers obviously are better, but my goodness, like Dallas at the towards the end, Porzingis. Porzingis was playing out of his mind. Luca's been able to heal from that ankle injury. Listen, Kleba, very good player. Powell's out for the season, obviously, but Kleba has been doing phenomenal. You have Tim Hardaway Jr., who's been showing up. Seth Curry is the best three-pointer of all time, percentage-wise now. Obviously, that'll change, I think, but like that'll be a matchup. I obviously gotta, still think the Clippers are in it, but... Yeah, you also got a good, solid backup in Vaughn, right, as well. Um I think Justin Jackson was even playing some well decent. I don't know. I might be making that up. Yeah. But uh, Memphis, the, the thing is, also Memphis is also benefiting because they traded for uh, Justice Winslow. So now Justice Winslow's fully healthy as well now. And I think Memphis. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you look at, trade. When you look you're at, right. yeah, when you look at Memphis, they have, they have crazy depth on their team, obviously. Like with that. Good team, you Brooks, you got uh, Brandon Clark. What playing well, JV, you got Winslow now healthy, Jaw, Moran, obviously. Mm-hmm. DeAnthony Melton, Melton is a solid backup point guard. You got Ty Jones there too. Melton's Josh phenomenal, man. Josh, Josh Jackson has been playing well, even in, when he's getting minutes. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Anderson, also another solid guy, you know, under the, you know, mm-hmm. the guy who would play with the Spurs or whatever in that Spurs, and, you know, he's always a solid. And then obviously, Gorgie Dang, he can get boards too. So they have a lot of depth on that team. I, I, I truly believe it's. I think for the West, my prediction is pretty much going to stay the same. I think maybe Pelicans overleap Portland for that nine spot when it comes to that. But I think the West is probably maybe Houston over OKC. But you know what? I could see OKC even. Yeah, both at nine and a half. Yeah. Okay, so you can, but here's the thing too. I can see Utah dropping because with Bogdanovic out for the season too. That because you know Bogdanovic has been playing good. He's I think yeah. besides Mitchell, he's second maybe in scoring up for their team right now. <clears throat> I could be wrong. I, he probably has to be. It's obviously not Gobert. I mean, you have now. I mean, it was funny hearing um, some of the the predictions. I don't know if you saw on ESPN. Uh, they did their pre award predictions for. Who do you think would win? It just made me chuckle that Gobert had some first place votes. Like, listen, I I understand he's a very good player, but uh, I don't even I wouldn't even give Giannis Defensive Player of the Year. To be honest with you, I'd give it to yeah. AD. AD's been a fucking monster, man. Here's the here's the thing too. Also, that's important to mention. Obviously, Mitchell and Gobert still have issues. Probably there's not there's oh, and probably 100%. Gobert and 100. percent I wouldn't believe I wouldn't be surprised if. I, I, other teammates so let's still have to work through that like they can talk over the phone but once you see the person straight to his face or whatever like look what happened with mm-hmm. chicago and look what happened with chicago and stuff um and with uh bobby portis and middle teach like they try to act like oh yeah everything's they punched him in the face 
Yeah. So actually, yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. So uh, Utah. So Don Mitchell leads Utah with 24.2 points per game. Bogdanovich is in second with 20.2. You know, 41% from the three three point line. 90% free throw percentage, uh, percentage, obviously rebounding, you know, like Bogdanovich is, that's a guy you really like need. You got, I guess you'll need, and Joe Ingles has to step up. I know he's kind of been inconsistent. You got to have Moody, Moody got to step up too. And Royce O'Neal. So, but I think Utah can end up dropping a lot. I would not be surprised by that. I could see them even well, fall. Like it's possible. Well, even well, I made me laugh with, with Utah, we, you just mentioned Joe Ingles. I find it hilarious. Joe Ingles moved into the starting lineup for uh, a couple games and was doing much better. Way, way, way better once he got to the starting. And then you move him over to the bench again and you see his production go down. So it'd be interesting to see how they would use him. I mean, they are, they're looking at either Houston or OKC in the playoffs. OKC, man, they have a good chance of making second round, which would be, would be hilarious uh, given all this shit that was said before the season. Yeah, it'd be you know what? It'd be hilarious if they end up making it farther than Houston or Clippers or the Clippers choke or whatever. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Like it's like you know, uh, I think the thing about the uh, Thunder obviously is a lot of young guys on their team. Um, Shea's a monster. Shay is yeah, a Shea's, monster. Shea, yeah, he's been a monster. He's playing great basketball. Um, mm-hmm. I'm interested. Is are we going to see Andre Robertson return to the Thunder? Because I don't know what the heck. If he's still injured or he's still, like, I don't what know what's going on now with that guy. He dated Rachel uh, and then all of a sudden he didn't play. And I mean, he'd be fantastic. I think, I think they're engaged. I think they're engaged. I think he's engaged to her. If I'm on, oh my god, are they actually for him? Good yeah, for him. I can't hit a free throw. Guy, yeah, can't hit a three. This guy, like this guy couldn't hit a three throw, but can somehow like randomly hit a three pointer. Like it doesn't make sense. He's like Bruce Bowen. He's like Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen, I think, had. One Back season had like 80, 80, no, 80% three-point, not 80%. It was like he had his three-point percentage was higher than his three-throw percentage, which is insane. I mean, at least, I mean, the only upside is Robertson would kind of provide that same defensive thing without being a degenerate like Bruce Bowen. Because <laughs> back yeah. in the day, this guy was the enforcer of that squad. I think, I think the, the, I agree with you in the sense of the West. I feel like most of these matchups are going to stay the same. I feel it just depends on what the Lakers are going to get. Listen though, the clips, you gotta, you gotta remember Kawhi's gone two, three months now off. Is he going to play through all eight games? That's the other thing. Is he going to, is he going to play through all eight and then try to go straight into the playoffs? Cause you're looking at eight regular season games and then what a potential, if he, if he goes through every game, maybe seven, you could, look at 36 additional games was he ready did yeah. he rest I mean, i'm curious to see how he did that uh, with that with them Especially- i know that um steve uh steve Ballmer bought the entire clippers organization uh brand new workout equipment for home so i mean has he been working i'm curious to see how that works out yeah did he didn't he buy them all pelotons was that it mm-hmm yeah, a Peloton, I appreciate it. Um, I'm also interested to see uh, what happens if, well, yeah, what was discussing, obviously, DeMarcus Cousins, but there's also a lot of, you know, NBA guys, a lot of American guys that obviously are not coming back to China or whatever. Lance Stevenson maybe mm-hmm. uh, is a free agent. I don't know if, Jeremy, if anyone's going to go after Jeremy Lin, but, you know, 
Jeremy Lin's now, I think, 30, and he's lost his athleticism, which he had when he well, had the Linsanity and all that stuff. Well, not even that. You're talking about people coming back. Matt Barnes just had an interview yesterday talking about how because of all the Black Lives Matter protests and what's going down in America with George Floyd, now there's several Clippers and Lakers, and he didn't give any names, but I'm assuming he, you know, through all the smoke and being in the league for how long he was, he has connections saying they don't even want to come back. They have a couple guys on the Lakers and the Clippers that are, you know, having a struggle about whether or not to come back with this stuff going on. So they have another month and a half to figure that out, but it'd be pretty crazy if these protests are still going on and you have, maybe like big glue guys like Pat Bev not come back because they're protesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? I, in general, I don't want to sound obviously culturally insensitive, insensitive, but I think obviously um, I think they're going to end up coming back. Like obviously there's, yeah, I agree. People, you know, protesting people protesting. I think look, uh, example, WWE, they're having events live or whatever. And, and several several of the African American Ross members are wearing Black Lives Matter and I can't breathe shirts mm-hmm. all, and like on their gear and stuff like that. Yesterday I was watching, so uh, I think and obviously NASCAR is another example with um, I can't remember his name. His, I know his first name is his first whatever Bubba whatever. So he's a he's a black. Oh yeah 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 NASCAR. So he competed yesterday. Um, I think it was yesterday the day prior. So I think they'll end up coming back. Obviously, I think it's just emotions right then. And also, you know, Matt Barnes is a guy, you know, he's a he works for ESPN, I believe, too, on occasion. So he'll, you know, make, you know, put mm-hmm. a story out there. And it's probably like right now it's like, you know, some of these guys are like, oh, I don't want to play basketball. Right. This moment. Which but I get. I, but I, yeah. Well, yeah. Which is, completely under, which is completely understandable. But I think they're going to all come back. Um uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I don't like. We'll touch on the thing on the um, the Portland Trailblazers, which I which I think beforehand everyone thought, oh, there was one team that voted against this format. Everyone thought it was going to be the Knicks because James Dolan. <laughs> of course, that's Dolan. a whole, that's a that's a whole <laughs> another story. What's going on with the Knicks now that they're looking possibly for new head coach? Uh, I think right now who was the uh, the front runner? That's uh, was it. Um, the guy from the Spurs who was a Spurs assistant? I think so. Because I mean, listen, I, I, I think it's FK, being... FK Udo or something like that. I think that's his name. Something like that, yeah. I'm I think not 100% he was a front runner. Because I know Thibodeau, Thibodeau was talked about, and I heard now he's possibly mm-hmm. maybe Houston might look at him as a, as a coach for next year. Because, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the issues with D'Antoni, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Fizdale? What's the no, not Fizdale, not Fizdale. Um, Houston's owner, uh, manager. Oh, uh, Daryl Morey. Morey. Yeah, yeah. Morey fired all D'Antoni's staff, right? His his assistant coaching mm-hmm. staff. But then Fertitta, uh, Fertitta, the Fertitta bros wanted D'Antoni to stay still. So it was a conflict of interest. So you know, there's that issue. I think if it's funny, Houston doesn't go well, go well, like do well in the playoffs. If they get out of that first round, then it's possible we can see Thibodeau. But yeah, go ahead. I was going to say just it was funny you're mentioning the Knicks. And I'm curious because <clears throat> as a guy who made the uh, stupid decision to uh, take uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is uh, the 12th uh, round pick in fantasy this year. Um, I genuinely did not think they were going to do as bad as they were. Um, you look at Fizdale when he was on Memphis before, right? Yeah. 
he was he was a good coach. He had the big soundbite where he was like, they ain't going to wreck us. And I genuinely thought he wasn't going to do that, that take, as a coach. Yeah. I thought they could have done a lot worse. Take that for data. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, take that, that for data. And watching them because I, I I I didn't I watched a decent amount of the Knicks for Mitchell Robinson. I still believe Mitchell Robinson can be a phenomenal player. And it was funny, fuck this offseason or whatever pseudo offseason comes out. This guy's doing crossovers, pulling up from three in these workouts. I'm like, dude, you can't shoot a jump shot in an NBA game, but you're pulling threes in these good life workouts. I'm like, come on, man. But I'm curious because what were they? They were they were the twelfth in the East. So they're looking at a yeah. top ten pick obviously. I mean, I don't even know what these guys are going to do. I mean, them in Chicago have to by far be the two most disorganized organizations in the NBA right now. Like Cleveland yeah. is its own has its own issues, but man, Chicago, you you had a good team, man. Zach Levine was forcing these wins, and Garpax was absolutely. I mean, now thankfully we found out that um, that Garpax is officially broken, so maybe Chicago can do something, yeah. but. I mean, Boylan's an idiot, so until he gets out yeah, of there. Yeah, no, knows? he's an idiot. His, like, mindset is, the, like, like some of the decisions he's made. Like, Horrible. I remember Jack Armstrong was ripping at him. They were playing, like, they were getting their ass kicked, and he called a timeout. The timeout, right? Over. Yeah. And Jack, and Jack Armstrong was like, oh, oh like, Jack, and then, well, the first play, they come out from the timeout, they turn the ball over, and Jack Armstrong was like, oh, great call, great, like, great timeout, call, yeah. Call the play, yeah. Great timeout, or whatever. Like Jack Armstrong was pissed off. I was like, I want to go home. I want to watch NFL, or whatever. I think it was like a Sunday, or whatever. It's like yeah, I want to watch I'm, NFL. I'm curious to see. Like it's so, like it's crazy how it plays out. Yeah, go with ahead. All this. I'm just curious to see how it all plays out with all this going down, because obviously, like seating wise, it's whatever. It's its own thing. Once the schedule comes out, we'll be able to figure out a lot better what's going to go down. But I mean, a lot of these teams, like I feel bad for Minnesota. Minnesota kind of got they they got D'Lo back. He healed up, and they could have. I mean, they were a lot of games behind, but they would they have tanked. What's going to go on now? I think they're third worst in the league. Fourth? Oh no, they're not actually. The East is much worse. They're like seventh or sixth worst in the league. So, I mean, I'm more I, I, this season for me. I feel like is going to have a permanent asterisk on it. So while I'm excited yeah. for the playoffs and stuff. I'm more curious to see what happens next year because of this. Because uh, a couple of years ago, they had already brought up the discussion about starting in uh, December between the 1st and the 25th uh, and then going into the summer right before NFL started. So now I'm wondering, well, are they going to start it two months after? Because it's projected. this is projected to end September, right? September something? Yeah. Yeah, September, so, I think it was. So they, they were if, looking at possibly uh, – sorry – uh, they no, were possibly yeah, start possibly next December season, uh, on Christmas Day. On yeah, Christmas Day, yeah, I think that was hostile. So I'm wondering, are these guys now going to, um, you know, are the players going to fight for their summer? Do they want to get that nice off season in a summer where they can go on vacation and stuff? Because I've always been of the mindset: you start in December and go to August. I am good for that. Take me straight into football with playoff basketball. That would be awesome. And next season, I'm excited. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors are going to come back. You're going to add another team into this playoff uh, race in the Western Conference. I think people have forgotten what exactly Golden State were missing this season. You had a two-time MVP, greatest shooter of all time, and the greatest backcourt of all time, arguably, coming back, and potentially Wiseman. You put Wiseman at the five there with Draymond at the four. That's a fucking – that's a beast of a team, man. I, I'm curious to see what's going to go down there. 
And Wiggins, I'm too. Curious. Wiggins is there now. Well, yeah, Wiggins, yeah. The issue now with the Warriors now, though, too, is um, it's important to note all these guys, it's kind of like what the Bulls were in kind of a period now. Because when you think about it, look at it. Curry's 32 now. He's going to be 33 next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draymond is 30 in his mm-hmm. 30s now. Um, how old is Clay? Clay is not that he's, he's think, either. He's a little younger than Curry. I think he's probably 30 or 29. Uh, 30, yeah. So 30. So you got, obviously, Marquise Chris was playing well, obviously, but I don't know if that's a case of Marquise Chris actually improved or is it in fact that uh, I don't know about that one. He's playing on a shit. On a shitty team. Eric Pat- Paschal is another guy who's playing mm-hmm. okay. I can see maybe he can be another guy. And obviously, Wiggins, I'm not still – obviously, Wiggins still has never played on a playoff team. So, never. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they're going to – Wiggins is going to be like the Barnes of the team. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I don't know if they're going to even pick uh, – the interesting thing, I don't know if they're going to pick Wiseman. You don't think so? Because I think there was some – I think there was someone else tossed around. I got to look at the NBA draft pick. Because I think if they get that first round pick, I don't know if they're going to pick why. I know they said that was an indefinite pick. I think they were looking to. I think the Warriors, I think, wanted. Because um, obviously, I don't know. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy so from the Israel, problem. Denny. Uh, Den, Denny Abdiya. 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 Yeah. Abdi, 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 yeah. The, the problem with they want it, that, though. I, I, I could see. Go ahead. It's just the the problem with this draft and going for anyone other than Wiseman. Like, I'll give you the picks because I've I've had these kind of crazy. You've got Cade Cunningham at point, who is uh, fantastic. I'm pretty sure. I believe this is is this the draft? No, sorry, this is 2022. Uh, 20 the 2020 draft. There's like you got Lamelo, obviously. You have Anthony Edwards, who are both fantastic. You have. Uh, uh, Obi Toppin, who's a four, maybe he could play at the five, but I doubt it. He's a little undersized. Danny Avdia, who's crazy. I I don't think the war the Warriors should be taking anyone other than a than a five because you got Clay and Curry under contract. Um, you got Obi Toppin, who's really good, but what are you gonna? He's six foot nine. You want another short guy with Draymond? You know what I mean? Playing in that front court. Um, James Wiseman, I feel like makes the most sense just because you, you're getting a seven foot one defensive monster. Unless they can somehow, I think the only other way that they could kind of work it out to what you're saying is if they take Denny, play him at the three, and trade Wiggins for something, some assets. It's just going to be hard to me to figure out what exactly you can trade him for because that contract, man, not a lot of teams want to take it. And I feel like he brought his stock up a little with how he played with the Warriors in those minimal games. He looked really good on defense. They didn't force the ball to him. Uh, so, I mean, if they can get some assets for him, I can see the Avdia pick. But if they're planning on keeping him somehow and maybe training him and getting him to, uh, you know, get used to that team's offense and that team's play style, they could do it. But, I mean, is good. He's really good. Um, it just kind of depends yeah. on the situation, I guess. Um, also, I think I think a big aspect, obviously, that the Warriors were talking about uh, as well is that they could possibly get whatever a free agent center too. So that's why mm-hmm. right now on some mock drafts, says Anthony Edwards as the number one pick if the Warriors if it ends up because it's also possible. You know, you saw last year with the draft, like anybody could get that first round pick, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to. You can be the worst team in the league and try to tank and that not work out, and 
pre and the end. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, RIP Edwards is. Yeah. So yeah, Anthony Edwards right now is projected as the first overall pick. You know, shooting guard. If you're looking at possibly like someone you coming off the bench or whatever, because that's a big problem. Warriors have no bench. <laughs> they had no bench Zero. last year after last year, and then this year they didn't have. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what they what's gonna happen with them next year. Who knows if? Mm-hmm. And also, I think the Raptors kind of developing that game plan for the Warriors too, with the box and one, kind of figuring uh, out a way to stop Curry. The, the one thing I will say with the Warriors, you're, there, there isn't a lot of depth, I agree with you, but I feel like their their backcourt depth would not be bad. That's the only reason I kind of look away from some of those uh, backcourt picks because, listen, Damian Lee and Jordan Poole are not bad. They are not bad at all. They started showing a lot more promise towards the end of the season. Jordan Poole is considered the worst pick in the biggest bust, the worst pick, and he ended up balling out a little bit towards the end, him and Damian Lee. So I feel like if you could get those guys to rotate a bit with Clay and Curry, it wouldn't be that bad if you can work on their defense. That's the only thing I'm looking at in terms of, you know, draft because uh, Pascal's a, Pascal's a four, right? I think is he a four or a three? I think he's a four. Yeah, he's a four. He's a four. He's a four. He's like a Draymond yeah. four. That's why. I, that's why so, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Draymond ends up getting like traded or something, and they'd be like, you know what, Pascal is the younger version of this guy, and Draymond is going to probably want that. more money. You know, and you know, like Dream Draymond maybe it maybe also Draymond has a chip on his shoulder. Maybe he thinks like, you know, maybe I have to maybe I gotta go somewhere else to prove that I'm not just a system guy, right? Of course, yeah. I mean listen, at the end of the day, I love Draymond. He's a DPOY. I think he gets a lot of disrespect, but he is he's not a guy that alone on it like you gotta understand who you are on your team. And you got to understand the the role you play. And he is a fantastic defensive anchor for that team. But he's also a product of that team's system. And the Warriors like, have built a team that works around everyone. I think if he was to say to go to a – let's say he went to a non-contender, right? I don't think Draymond is the guy that is going yeah, to bring him like – Yeah. yeah. He, well, he showed that this year, obviously. You can't – like, Draymond is a guy – he's the uh, – like – He's a solid player and everything, but like he's not the like now he's never probably ever gonna make the All Star game ever again. I'm gonna say that. That's my hot take or whatever. He's the guy who's gonna probably get like he'll get that one game twenty points, but he's just gonna be averaging like he'll get the board. He'll get like six rebounds, six point. He'll average like six point six rebounds. He's yeah. great defensive presence. I'm not denying that. But yeah, I don't yeah. think he he will never be the number one guy. He'll never be the number two guy. He'll maybe be the three no. or four, fourth option on the team now. I think it all depends on how they, they build the team around. Because if you're a team that, that is good offensively but lacks that defensive – like, great example, Washington. Washington had the uh, – they had one of the highest offensive ratings this season, but their defense was absolutely terrible. Absol- non-existent. Terrible is actually a bad yeah. way to put it. It was non-existent. But you bring John Wall back. Maybe you put Draymond there. Bertans, you could move ah, – I don't know how you would move Bertans. I don't know if they're going to keep him there. Um, but he's a very good offensive weapon too. If you can get him and someone, uh, who's the 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 five? Uh, Thomas Thomas Bryant. Oh, no. Yes, Thomas, Thomas Bryant, Bryant, and then would be good there as well. And then they have uh, a couple other guys. I could see him going there, maybe helping Wagner. Out, yeah, they have Wagner. Yeah, they have Wagner, and obviously uh, Rui. Rui is actually Hashimura. Yeah, yeah, he was playing decent as well. 
Um, obviously, injuries were bugging him too. Gary Payton Jr., the second, or, I think it's the second or third. I don't know. He wasn't He's, bad. And it, it, it Smith, okay. Ish, yeah, and, Ish, and it, Ish Smith was also doing well as well. And Moritz Wagner, oh, I know. From the, Mo Wagner from the Lakers. That's a team that I could see if they picked up Draymond, but what's like, I don't know if they want to pay that much to Draymond. John, John Wall hasn't played in two years and he's made $60 million or something like that. So, I mean, it all depends. I mean, situation wise, I don't think he leaves. I think Draymond's of the opinion. He doesn't want to go anywhere. I think him, Clay and Curry are all going to retire there. I think they have a good ownership. That's just going to keep them there until they're going to ride it. They're going to ride it out until they realize they can't do anymore. And then I think all three of them are getting their names up in the rafters. Um, so I, I highly doubt he's going to go. But, I mean, listen, you never know. The NBA, there's a lot of – there's been trades this year that I didn't think were going to happen. Hell, when Westbrook dipped and for CP3 and CP3, like I was, I was, I was like, what is going on? I was like, what's happening here? Yeah, like, yeah I'm just looking at it now. Uh, Bertrand – so Bertrand signed a two-year contract with the Spurs last season, and so he would be a free agent, I believe, in this upcoming – uh, so they'd have to pay him, and he's had his best three-point shooting season. So they'd have to give him a pretty yeah, penny. He's crazy. Like, yeah, and he might go somewhere else too because you got like you got screwed over. Like Spurs, because remember what happened? You got traded because the Spurs are going to sign more, which one of the Morris twins, and then Morris they decides did. to go to the Knicks for some, and then he so they traded him for no reason. They can't be like, hey, give us back Bertrand, and you, you kind of you can't really go back and be like, hey. Welcome back to the team that happened. <laughs> like with, yeah, like you're you not going to relationship. Like, come, on okay. come on back. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the NBA talk. Uh, mm-hmm. to a bit about Bundesliga. Or yeah, I watched, uh, I watched sure? a bit about it. I was, I watched both. I mean, listen, Bundesliga is just. I feel like it is what it is. It's it's Borussia and Bayern at this point. I found it hilarious though. The other day, I was watching uh, the Borussia Bayern game. Bayern obviously played incredibly well. Borussia couldn't really create much, and I pass out and I wake up and Wolfsburg is pumping Leverkusen four one. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, that's, that's going on. Well, yeah, look at like this uh, Bayern Bayern against Leverkusen. T- like Leverkusen scores first, and then Bayern's like, yeah, fuck you guys. We go score four after. That. <laughs> But also, I mean, I Omo think... did score his first goal this uh, yeah. this week, I believe, which was really good. And Leipzig is good, man. I don't think they're going to take second off of Borussia, but, no, but Leipzig's no. been good. Pretty much with the story kind of is Bundesliga with Bundesliga is who's going to get relegated. Because right now it's 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 an old like anybody from Eintracht to uh, to where like where Bremen still has still has a chance. Uh, where Bremen's more aiming for that, like, 16 spot so they can get to the playoffs, that playoff spot. But also, like, the big story, mm-hmm. I think, with Bundesliga so far, is Schalke, how bad they've been. I know, I think, man. Dude, that's tough. I believe team I be- in, in Bundesliga, and they've been garbage. I think, yeah, I think right now they are on a 12-game winless streak, and last game they're tie, uh, they're 1-1 tie against... Uh, uh, who did they play against? Nah. Oh, Union I Berlin. Mind, man. Yeah. Uh, Reminding yeah, me of Arsenal. Union Ber- yeah. Ar- hey, I watched – I don't know. Did you see uh, Arsenal uh, went in at that friendly? 6-0? 6 nothing. Yeah. Nice goal they scored. So, and Keita know. scored a three. The Hattie. It was good for him. Yeah. He was happy. And you know what? It doesn't it matter because they're going to get yeah. fucked playing City first. You know what? I got belief that Arsenal is going to beat City. I think that neutral, neutral, yeah, neutral, neutral, every, <laughs> hey, 
I'm a Hope Ar- Arsenal fan. We're, we're here, like, you know, I'm hopeful. City, city, oh, I'm city, with city you, man. Corrupt. I'm not city's hopeful, corrupt. man. City's a, corrupt, <laughs> city's a corrupt team. They're cheaters. And you know what? I want I want them to lose. And I'm hoping, hey, Arsenal, we're going to pull out something. Lugazette is, is in the best shape of his – is going to be in the best shape after being, like, blowing balloons and stuff like that. I don't know what that is. What's the, what's the guy on Tony hey, and that, that got uh, – Am now I'm trying to think of uh, but you got like three times broke uh COVID protocol. What's that guy's name? Danny Rose. Was he? Was it him? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, I know that he like, came out and he was like, "I don't want to play because of all this shit." And I'm like, "Shut up, man!" Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah so like some of, these, some of these guys bullshit because he they, like obviously you're just gonna go out regardless and just get paid. And then certain mm-hmm. other people I can see obviously. You know, it's a family or health condition or whatever. And then, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast. Um, was it Hudson Adoy had a rape, rape, uh, yeah, claim against him, right? It, yeah, but I don't know if anything came from it. I know they looked at him and they were kind of just like, uh, what are we going to do here? But I mean, EPL coming back I'm more annoyed I listen I'm happy now that Liverpool lost so I've already accepted that they're gonna win my whole thing was I need them to get a loss they got a loss before this happened so I was ecstatic I was like all right cool they Liverpool got the loss they're gonna win it is what it is as long as they don't go undefeated I mean I mean obviously like obviously we're Arsenal fans so that's the team I follow the most I know their next four are City away which is good for City because they don't have fans anyway you have uh, Brighton. <laughs> you got Brighton away. Brighton's a good team away, man. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. If you play Brighton when they're at home, they play very well. Um, I think the other game is Norwich, which should be a win, and Watford or something like that. So I mean, like, it's yeah. not the worst schedule that they can have for their for their back four, um, yeah. or for their first four back. Sorry, but it just it's just crushing, crushing. Have to yeah. play City first game. I've been watching soccer. I haven't watched EPL in months now. Wanted to see my Arsenal. I didn't think I was going to get depressed immediately after I watched them. And uh, yeah, uh, nope, first game City. Depression comes back immediately. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. Like, I, I'm I'm right now, I'm just hopeful that Arsenal, like, I, I claim it now. Like, I got shit on. I was so pissed off about how that game, the Europa League or whatever. And I think it's now corrupt now. I think that's I bullshit now because uh, our team got poisoned by uh, owner of uh, – <laughs> Who had coronavirus and passed it on to uh, Arteta? Yep, because he gave him a handshake before the game. So, but, but and also, I'm, I think let me say this. Let, I'll, I'll say this too. I, I'll go on. I think I've talked. We maybe talked about it prior or whatever with our buddies and shit. I think that format is bullshit. My brother complained. I told my brother that too, because um, he runs a Liverpool fan, because they got screwed over by Let's Go. Yeah, extra time. If you score an extra time, it should and it's whatever tie the aggregate is still tie but you score in extra time you score pks you have to win honestly i agree whoever has the most goal like if it's whatever because it's bullshit because you have more more of an opportunity to score away so toss aside so unless mm-hmm. it's obviously so if it's tied and whatever it should go into penalties the aggregate is tied i mean sorry not the game is tied mm-hmm. so if the aggregate is tied Go to PKs. Who cares who scored how many goals away and whatnot? Because one team yeah. didn't have. Because you know what? I would say it's more of an advantage for the away team to to be. Uh, it's always the benefit for that rule. It's always the benefit. Like home team always gets yeah. screwed over. So 
But yeah, I'm you know what? I'm hopeful. I think Arsenal we can end up we can we can get that fifth spot. It's possible, you know, five. Th- this is what I was gonna say. Arsenal's also a game behind. Because you want you're saying with like the hope, right? With City. I will say this. I will say this because it has some truth in it. Arteta's first game with these guys, I'm pretty sure second, but I am I think that he will do like I think he's gonna do everything in his power to beat Pep, honestly. I feel like he's gonna actively yeah. try to try and beat him. So it could happen. I mean, I don't think so, because City's really, really good. Um, but I, I think Arteta's a fantastic coach. I think if you give him another because yeah. what people don't understand, and this is what was bugging me a lot, is you have Arteta coming in, in his first season, and Arsenal fans are the absolute most um they, they, we whine. We whine a lot. And a lot of Arsenal fans whine oh, a lot right. because they want they want immediate success. Yeah. If you look at Liverpool, Klopp did not do everything immediately. He It took him a season to get his team going to where exactly he kind of wanted it to be. And the thing with that is if you give Arteta two years, I think that he can make this team very good. I mean, now it's it's talked about we're looking at Lamar um, to, to, to yeah. sign for the midfield, which would be huge. Um, there's a lot of really good opportunities that this team has and this team can can do so i i love the mindset that this season is whatever if we i honestly i wouldn't even mind if we don't make european uh european competition this year i i honest honest to god i wouldn't mind because they need a kick in the ass and i think if they can somehow work with a sole focus on the prem next year or even the fa cup fuck they can win the fa cup and somehow get into europe that would be huge yeah, well, it's just the cup. problem is you yeah know, you don't know you don't know what's gonna happen I'm just looking at. I'm just trying to look. I think we are Arsenal has still hasn't lost in Premier League. We haven't lost this year at all. Uh, I think that's an important. Twenty twenty. Yeah. We haven't like. Yeah, we haven't lost the game. The last game that we lost in Premier League was to Chelsea, I believe. Yeah, this year. Yeah, two one to yeah. Chelsea. I don't know. It's and then we tied them. It's possible. Yeah. I'm like so, you know what? Damage. Like you know, with Arta, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Like we continue because obviously. Um, and then let's. So we talked briefly about Bundesliga. Bundesliga is interesting. So that's like anybody can end end up anywhere. Mm-hmm. Schalke finally got their first point in five in this first point since the coronavirus mm-hmm. games have happened. And you know what? Anybody anybody can go anywhere. I think Dusseldorf can get out of that. That's the, that's pretty much why right now. What's the key aspect of? Bundesliga right now is who's going to get relegated. I was just now. happy that soccer um, came back in general. That's so I was can't lie. Earlier in the season, yeah. I wasn't watching too yeah. much, and then fuck it came back. All right, let me keep watching yeah. Schalke, see if they do anything. And nope, nothing. Yeah. Also, I think also the important aspect is obviously the amount of American players and like North American guys that are in Bundesliga. They're striving, buddy. Fucking uh, uh, Alfonso Davies has been a baller. Oh, he's, he's been a crazy. Mm-hmm. That like his pace is insane. Look, some of the stuff that he's doing is insane, absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, and let's just get into. So, Hervaska, um, I know for a fact. I heard reports that they're them along with well, Hungary already had. Um, Hungary had their cup or whatever final for their league, uh, league or yeah. whatever and stuff. Not like their league, but you know their yeah. cup. And they had fans there. They had ten thousand fans because uh, 
they also had the extensions built for, for their stadium stadiums that were supposed to be for Euros, mm-hmm. I believe. Because I think they were the one the host countries. I think so, yeah. So they had that. I know Hrvatska is looking. They're looking, they're looking into bringing fans to you. I know <laughs> boxing because um, uh, was it? What's his fucking name now? Oh, Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn was gonna bring. Uh, they're possibly looking at uh, Anthony Joshua's next fight. I think he's defending against some Bulgarian. Oh, oh yeah, I saw that. I saw they're looking Joshua at possibly thing, that. Well, they, yeah, that they were gonna possibly bring it to Hrvatska because they can have fans in that coliseum spread out mm-hmm. in the in Pula. Which oh, you know, okay. like, and obviously, oh yeah, yeah, watch, yeah, I did see that. So, so, and then obviously, if you watch, you watch Dinamo. I watch Haiduk. I watch Haiduk, and you could clearly hear the fans outside the stadium fucking lighting up players and cheering. Well, and cheering. I was talking. Uh, oh, we had a bit of connection yeah. issues there. Yeah, a little bit of connection issues, but that's not an issue. So. Let's let's get into obviously we talk we're talking about Hrvatska uh, so I watched Haiduk whatever what, uh, continue what you were about to say before we got disconnected. Well, I was just laughing because you were mentioning about how you could hear the fans. I had my dad was talking to me about in Zagreb because uh, obviously they won three uh, one. Antonio Marin got a goal. Ademi had a beautiful goal in the first half, crazy turn to finish, and then obviously Petkovic had a penalty. But there are guys yeah. that in Maksimir they have the hill over there. And uh, a bunch of people were on, like, the mountaintop or whatever, just looking down because they couldn't get into Maximir. So it'll open soon enough. I mean, uh, yeah. listen, they'll, they'll, and, they'll uh, get... and also, like, if it... yeah, uh, I don't know if you watched. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can hear me? Okay, good. I thought we just could again. Um, what I was going to say. The end of Haiduk's game or whatever, they fucking everyone jumped on and everyone think he's corrupt. Well, social rules and everything, fucking yeah. Igor. Uh, the, was it Trav or whatever? Or yeah, mm-hmm. but after he scored a game winner with ten with a game that had like eleven minutes of extra time. Which, mm-hmm. But uh, did you watch? Um, did you watch also also like, Yeah. So you know like, what? Austin? I'm gonna. I watched the first. I yeah. Uh, I watched the first half, and then I'm gonna be honest. I fell asleep. I was really. <laughs> I was really. I'm like, yo, they're up to nothing. Uh, a guy from my cell uh, um, scored or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, what's his what's his name now? I'm blanking on. Him. For who? Rieka? I, I know uh, Bokai. Uh, Bokai. For for Osiek. Uh, yeah, it's Bokai. I think it was his name. Oh no, not oh uh, no. Uh, I made a mistake. Not both guys. There's always oh, watching him because obviously, Mari uh, Maric on Osiek, uh, Mirko Maric is oh, okay. my uh, cello. Oh, okay. Like he's obviously one. Of, yeah, one of the better players on the team. But yeah, I'm like, oh, there's two nothing that up. I'm like, oh, cool. Osiek. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, and then Rijeka fucking comes back. Well, dude, it was I, you know the I was second hoping. yellow for Osiek. I didn't think it was a red. I didn't think that should have been a second yellow. The penal was apparently soft. Like it was, it was whatever. I saw it. It was softish. It is what it is. It was over. But I was just laughing. I was like, man, Osiek's gonna take him out. No, nope, Nishta. They uh, somehow Rieka made their comeback. I was like kind of hoping, obviously, that we get like two two teams because usually when it's Hrvatska in the finals, it's either. Rijeka, Haiduk, or Dinamo in that final yeah. cup, right? 
So let's take a look at Motiba. I actually want to even slip in Baloop with the game. But, like, I mm-hmm. want to, like, because like, it's it's fun watching two teams that, like, you know, really don't in that position. I don't know if mm-hmm. is, uh, I think, do they get an additional, like, a, if they win, do they get, like, a Europa League spot or? I or think it's for, just, I, the, I think, I think they get Europa League play play-ins. I think they get Europa League play-ins if they're not of the top four. So top two obviously make uh, Champions League play-in, and then the top two, uh, the third and four make the Europa League play-in. So I think that the top of the Crow Cup does. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think they do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure about that, but yeah, I was hoping for you know a different kind of. It still is a bit different. You got Aika in there, but uh, against Lokomotiva, but uh, yeah. yeah. So pretty much, Hudovska is Dinamo's going to win. It's pretty much who's going to be in that second to fourth spot or even fifth spot. What they can get, because uh, Rijeka's right now at fifty points, Hajduk's at forty-eight, Lokomotiva at forty-six, and Osijek at forty-five. And mm-hmm. it looks, and then the battle of relegation is is uh, Varzun right now is at seventeen, Zaprasic Inter is at seventeen, and then Istra is at nineteen mm-hmm. right now in eighth place. So. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, so, but it's a and also big news, obviously coming from Hrvatska is, um, I believe they Sweden um, the rights to the games and has been sold to Sweden. And they made a cash or whatever. I think. Oh, really? Several, several, yeah, several million dollars they got offered. Let me just pull it up. I saw. It. I remember reading it today can find it this article but yeah it's i think it was equivalent they said it was it was equivalent to i think someone made a joke is like how much arsenal gave uh pepe <laughs> for like several years oh god the guy gets unfairly hit i like pepe man i don't think yeah. he's bad no, i think he's people, been, he's been people good no he's been good there. yeah Good. He's been good since he's came back. Uh, since I think with Arteta and everything, how they how it's formatted mm-hmm. now, it's been better better now. Yeah. So I think it's like several million and whatnot. I can't find it, but it's a big deal. And obviously, that's good for everyone. It's got more money for everyone. It's for the Saves and all these people. So, so you know, it's it's good news, whatever. And that I just saw actually. Reading it right now, a breaking news, whatever, for UFC. Um, so Lebolkin Ozdemir, a former title challenger for the light heavyweight, he's going to be uh, Jerry, who's uh, from Ryzen, where Miracle won, uh, Miracle Cold Cup won uh, his, that tournament before he retired. Uh, yeah. In Japan or whatever, he, there, uh, he's going to be a debut fight uh, in the UFC. So it's that's a crazy born. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be on Fight Island. Yeah, so July 11th. I just saw that from, uh, what's his face? From ESPN. Did you see McGregor? Holani. Yeah, well, yeah, there's uh, McGregor. U- UFC right Every now, year. obviously, has a Last huge issue. Yeah. He's, he, McGregor, he really doesn't have any right kind of complaint because he gets paid. Like, John Jones, what I'm hearing about John Jones is I can understand why he's mm-hmm. pissed off. I can understand why Massimo's pissed off. Now, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, UFC are clearly underpaid right now. But I get so prosperous. Like, I think it's bullshit, you know, 
that certain fighters, their flat fee, like certain guys feel like 25,000. And then if they win, they get another 25,000 and plus whatever they fight night bonuses or finish bonuses. I, I think that's a bullshit system. Yeah. But yeah, I get that. Like, like I talked about it on the podcast too, though. Eddie Hearn unboxing, like Eddie Hearn unboxing is spending, he has, he's at, the reason he has all this money, a lot of this money is from that zone money. And now if he can't have yeah. fights, live fights anywhere, he's losing that aspect. And then plus the zones, you know, the zone finally going to come back with the uh, Syria on Premier League, but is that going to be, are the numbers going to be back? Some master pause in memberships. I pause my membership because I'm like, you know, I like Pat McAfee. You know, I don't mind watching I forgot. darts. I don't, I don't mind watching darts or darts like on occasion, but really, like, it's not like it's not. There's not much now. Yeah. And obviously, there's like potentially that they might sell their whole, like, the whole company, or they're looking for investors right now. But obviously, not mm-hmm. ideal. So I don't know how that's like <clears throat> formulate, but. uh yeah, and also obviously the discussion that UFC right now it's discovered that Fight Island is more like Fight Desert because the Fight Desert Island because it's in Abu Dhabi I think. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting to see. Oh, I don't know. I guess what I've read what so, it's so, actually on an island, but it's in it's yeah. Arab Emirates. Somehow, whatever that I know. So that's gonna be interesting to see. But uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, or anything to plug, whatever? No, not too much. I mean, the only (laughs) I'm okay. I think you know, you go my LinkedIn if you want. If anyone wants to get me a job, you know, go for it. Or anything in business. The one thing that made me laugh with the uh, McGregor thing was him coming out saying he's not being enticed acting like guys like Tony Ferguson, Gaethje are playing. Like, come on, man. Like that's the only yeah, thing I didn't every, like. Yeah, for your everyone reason. is Don't... calling. Yeah. Everyone you come on. make that money. Yeah. But the thing is too, I would say like, I could see Dana like, yo, I'm not going to have Connor fight because we're not going to make money off Connor fight. We're going to, we're going to lose a huge amount of money off him fighting because there's no fans. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless, exactly. Dana's like, unless Dana's like, you know what? You uh, see, will let us go to uh, like I don't know, Scott, whatever. We'll bring everyone, whatever. But doing the Coliseum, we'll have like yeah, fuck it, let's get some fans, get some fans, yeah. But I don't, and we'll just because that's the thing too. I, um, if Eddie Hearn, which Eddie, because if they do in pool, they can get those high roller kind of type of people. Gets will be fucking out. Of yeah. It. So that's like the either I don't know what's going that area. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. But also, uh, who knows? Maybe they'll have something in Australia and New Zealand because, you know, New Zealand has zero coronavirus cases. They're, like, fucking open. They're essentially kind of normal. Australia yeah, just had like... their first. Wait, go ahead. They had their uh, – New Zealand just came out, was it today or yesterday, where they said that they just uh, – they're out of cases the first day or something like that with no new cases. So I mean, there there are places they if they if they really want to, they can go somewhere and get the fans. Uh, obviously, Dana is not the best person in the world, moral wise. But I mean, if he can find a way to make money in terms of fan wise with the UFC, he will. I mean, like it'll happen. I'm not. I won't be shocked. Um, they'll get the money fight. I mean, the the only thing with Connor is, dude, you came back to knock the guy out with your fucking shoulder. Like you're telling me. 
you can't find someone decent to fight with. Like, come on, just like if you made enough money, well, he's made yeah. a shitload of money off the Floyd fight and off of uh, a proper 12. Like, just say, I don't need yeah, the money, I don't want to get fucking punched in the face to make money nowadays. Yeah. Like, that, I'd have no issue if yeah. he said that, but just don't come yeah. and start shitting on the division because you don't you know, you're not getting what you want. Yeah. Like that, that was the only when thing. It that, when, that when it's also clearly, that. and here's the thing too, it's clear like the division is making money too. Cause look at the numbers, Gaethje and Ferguson, I think made six, over 600 in pay-per-view. Okay. Yeah, Tony Ferguson has been a pull forever. Tony losing yeah. and not getting that Khabib fight is the biggest thing that has fucked the UFC. Uh, yeah. recent Gaethje, so you know don't what? talk Gaethje, about how this yeah. isn't but, like I don't know yeah still you know he's a crazy or whatever he's still we can pull it off and whatnot obviously uh, Gaethje Gaethje Khabib is gonna draw money too because Gaethje's a fucking state wrestler mm-hmm. he's he's a so I don't, like I, I said, don't think I anyone's on Khabib though yeah. uh yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know what's obviously. I don't know if you heard about what happened. I don't know if you heard what with Khabib, what's going on with his and in his life. But his dad right now is in a coma, I believe. And uh, yeah, I, I read about that. So yeah, you know, prayers to him and his family. Hopefully, yeah, his dad comes out of it. I think it, they said it wasn't Corona initially, but I think it might have been later on. And then, but uh, you know, prayers to him and his family. So yeah, but anyways, Boje, thank you for coming on, man. It's great to have you. It's great to talk to someone. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> Anytime, let me know. And all this we'll shit. We'll do it next week. Who knows if NBA? Yeah, if anything else happens, if we want to talk, I mean, about if any more NBA news comes. Yeah. Oh yeah, Christ, all that okay. shit. Yeah, don't worry. You need you need yeah. the guy. You give me a shout. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks, Boje. So, so once again, I'd like to thank Boja for coming on the podcast. You know, it's great to always have a guest on. So, um, so briefly, kind of touched on it, but um, I'm now gonna re- recap all the UFC events. So, on the first thing I'm gonna keep recap, uh, UFC Fight Night Woodley vs. Burns on um, that happened on May 30th, and then I will go into discussing um this past Saturday's UFC pay per view, uh, Nunes vs. Spencer to U- UFC 250. So we're going to start off in the featherweight division. Uh, Chris Gutierrez beats Vince Morales via TKO via leg kicks. Uh, Gutierrez looked great. You know, obviously it's always fun and kind of awesome to see someone, you know, get finished by leg kicks. Um, You know, Gutierrez is someone to watch out uh, both for contender series guys, but Gutierrez was having more success, so... Not surprised. Um, then we go into bantamweight uh, bout between two guys who once were at flyweight uh, with Casey Kenny and Lu- uh, Louis Smolka, and Casey Kenny wins uh, won the fight via submission first round via guillotine. Um, you know, both guys were throwing jabs. Smolka was looking solid on the on standing, but then once Casey Kenny got him to the ground, he he got the dub. Um, in his UFC debut uh, at flyweight, Brandon Royville, former LFA champ. Uh, beat Tim Elliott via submission via second round uh, arm triangle choke. You know, it was 
fun fight. Uh, always flyweights always bring it. Um, Brandon Royville was an upset was upset with his performance, saying he has to go to work the next day, so he still has his shoot real job besides obviously fighting. But um, yeah, you know Brandon Royville looks great. You know, hopefully Tim Elliott bounces back. He was once a title challenger, and now he was losing a deb- guy debuting, so not looking good for him. Maybe hopefully. Um, you know, his girlfriend will bring success, I guess, to the relationship. We'll talk about her later. Um, at light heavyweight, Jamal Hill beats uh, Klitsen Abreu via TKO via knee to the body and punches. Jamal Hill, this guy is a guy to watch out in the light heavyweight division. He looks solid in his UFC debut. And today, he, again, great finish, great, you know, that knee to the body and then those punches that fall out afterward, great, you know, great performance. Um, Daniel Rodriguez, uh, beats, uh, Gabriel Green. Uh, Green was a last minute, uh, replacement for Kevin Holland at, uh, the Walter Wade. Um, you know, you know, uh, the same decision win, you know, fun fight. Um, then we go into a woman's fault, uh, headliner on the ESPN plus and the prelim headliner, uh, Caitlin Chukagian, uh, exacts her revenge on Shevchenko, Valentina after Valentina finished her in the second round, I believe. In their title fight by beating her sister in the flyweight division via unanimous decision. Um, you know, I said, I think I said it on the preview. Like, if Kagan takes her down, it's all game over for her. Like, Antina, Antonina is a tough chick, obviously, but Chukagan had a game plan, took her down. Not, nonetheless, like, Chukagan, you know, obviously doesn't really have the strength. Like, she won, she dominated, she won 30 25 all. But Chukagin obviously doesn't have like the power in hands because I can honestly say that Antonina had the better shots when they were standing up, and that's why Chukagin took her down. Obviously, and that's the problem with certain like you know that power that in someone in, in women's flight in women's fighting in general, like a lot of you know girls don't really have. They're kind of point fighters, right? They're not really knocking people out like what we saw the UFC pay-per-view, but um, this past pay-per-view with the power and all these guys, but like some of these girls don't have it somewhere, just point strikers, which is fine, but you know, it's not the most interesting. And that's why like Chukagin is in like household name. Like, uh, so then we go on the main card, Mackenzie Dern after, uh, after losing her first ever fight to uh, Amanda Rebus, uh, uh, bounces back with the knee bar submission win over uh, Hannah Cyphers, which got her performance of the night. Um, a 50, 50k bonus off that. Um, this is a dumb strategy by Cyphers. Um, I think she initiated the takedown or something like that, and then Dern just locked it in. Cyphers, we'll talk about later because she's coming. She's two weeks. She's after two weeks. After this loss two weeks ago, she's coming back and fighting again. So then we go to catch weight at 157. Uh, Brock Weaver, who missed weight, uh, got starched by Roosevelt Roberts uh, via Roosevelt Roberts won via second round submission. Uh, rear naked choke. You know, Roberts was clearly the better fighter. Uh, Brock Weaver's best win on his record, I think I said beforehand, was a split decision against the Crazy Horse, and he won his last fight via DQ. You know, Roberts has been a really exciting prospect. I think he's now three and one now in the UFC or four and one. Yeah, uh, four and one now in the UFC. He beat a Russian. He beat Alexander Kovalev in his last fight in Russia. He beat a Russian guy in Russia, which is crazy to see. So, 
There's that. Um, then we go into, you know, a fun fight banger. Um, Billy Quarantillo taking on uh, Spike Carlisle. Uh, Quarantillo won via uh, United Decision 29-28. Um, I don't necessarily agree. I saw, I thought it should have been a split decision. I, I actually had Spike win in the fight. But obviously, you know, like Spike, I think, was landing the more effective shots in the first and second round. Quarantillo definitely won the third round. Um, it was, you know, Spike Carlisle is a character. He's a fun fighter. Um, he turned his back. <laughs> he started walking away. He got up, started walking away, went back to his corner, and then Quarantillo punched him because <laughs> the round wasn't over. There's still five seconds left. And, um, yeah, there was that. Um, you know, a fun fight. And obviously, Spike Carlisle is always a character. He's a fun fighter. He's always someone to check out for. Uh, then in heavyweight, a uh, controversial fight in Augusta Sky taking on Blagoy Ivanov. Sakai won via split decision. Um, you got two of the judges score card 29-28, while one judge had Blagoy winning 3-27, uh, which I don't uh, necessarily agree with. I think, in my opinion, I thought Blagoy won the fight, but also Blagoy got, got screwed. Um, he was initiating a takedown at one point, and um, Sakai grabbed the f- fence, and if... Blagoy took him down. In fact, he, he would have won that round for sure and probably would have won the fight, but he didn't, and that's why Sakai won the fight at the end of the day because the ref didn't have the angle. The ref didn't have the proper angle to see, and that's why Sakai was able to hold the fence and then, you know, not get taken down. Um, and then in the main event, Gilbert Burns absolutely dominated Tyron Woodley uh, in a decision 50-44 uh, and via two of the judges and then 50-45. You know, Tyron Woodley didn't really look like, I don't know, his head is, I don't think he enjoys the sport anymore. I think he's just doing it for a paycheck now. Um, I heard he might have had some financial issues or spent a lot of that championship money and not saved it and used it effectively. But Gilbert Burns, is, this guy's a badass. Like, Gilbert Burns is a badass, and he called out his teammate after the fight. And it's, you know, it's crazy and everything, but, you know, Gilbert Burns... Solid on the ground, solid striking. You know, it's gonna be him and if him and Usman are in the next fight, it's gonna be a fun fight. Um, so we already mentioned Mackenzie Dern got a 50k fight bonus, uh, performance bonus for her submission win. Gilbert Burns got 50k for his dominant performance, and then the fight of the night, Tim Elliott and Brandon Roy will both get 50k for that. Uh, now next we go into the, the UFC pay per view this past Saturday, UFC 250 Nunes or Spencer. Fun, fun card. Um, so from one Burns to another, we go from Gilbert talking about Gilbert to his brother Herbert, and Herbert looked great. Uh, beat Evan Dunham, who came out of retirement. He hasn't fought in two years, I think. Beat him via submission at a catchweight bout at one fifty via submission uh, rear naked choke. Um, Herbert looked great, like his bro. Uh, Dunham kind of stunned him with a couple of shots and everything on the feet, but, you know, Herbert took him down. I thought we were going to get choke in. Um, Herbert called out. So Herbert's, it was a catchway fight. It was a last-minute fight, too. So Herbert called out um, on online afterwards. He called out um, Bryce Mitchell, who had great performance against Charles Rosa. You know, submission. He had second-ever guy to pull off a twister in the UFC. And he also called out uh, Ryan Hall, another jiu-jitsu guy, one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in probably MMA. So he called both of them out. So we'll see. He might not get that fight, but then a light heavyweight, we had a 
solid flip, solid fight between uh, Devin Clark and Alonzo Menfield. Menfield was uh, undefeated coming into this. Devin Clark was had like a was winning and losing his alternating winning and lot winning and losing in the UFC. If and Devin Clark, you know, had a great performance. Menfield gassed out after that first round, and Devin Clark dominated after that. You know, landing the effective shots, taking him down. Devin Clark's dad yelling the whole entire time was also pretty funny in the, in how intense he was. Um, you know what? Fun fight. Um, then at flyweight, Alex Perez beats Jose uh, Formiga uh, via TKO via leg kick. So two straight two straight UFC events where uh, leg kicks finished the fight. You know, Perez looked really solid. He's he's in line now for a title shot, possibly being the next contender. I believe right now, currently, he was number six going into this. He was number six or maybe nine or something like that. But three straight wins now in the UFC. Um, flyweight division might set up a, him up as the next challenger. Uh, then we go on the prelim. Um, next on the prelims, we got Maki uh, Patolo beating Charles Bird via TKO via punches. Um, Maki, you know, looked good in middleweight. Um, Landed some so- solid body shots that I think drops Bird, and then finished it on the ground. Uh, Bird retired after this fight. You know he was one in three in the UFC. He was probably gonna get cut. He was. He's also thirty six years old, so obviously you know he's past his peak. And Patolo had you know great performance after a bounce back after a horrible performance against Callan Potter. Um, then Cody Stamen beat uh, Brian Kelleher via decision. You know decision, you know fun fight back and forth at the featherweight division. Uh, Cody Stamen obviously dealing with the loss of his brother. Um, his brother passed away, I think, a week prior to the fight. Um, he was sad, and you know he was emotional after the fight. Keller was, you know, gave him a hug and everything. He had a great performance. Um, then at middleweight, um, Ian Hynish beats Gerald Marshart via TKO via punches. You know, great performance by Ian Hynish. Uh, beforehand, there's obviously. So there was like some backstory going into this fight. Obviously, uh, Heinish was initially removed on the fourth of June after his cornerman uh, tested positive for COVID. Um, so he was uh, got replaced by Anthony Ivy, who we'll discuss later. Um, Anthony, I- and then obviously they retested his cornerman and then this and everybody, and it was a false test. It was a false positive. So Ian Heinish was able to fight, and you know he finished Mershart, and then. At featherweight, uh, Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy beats Chase Hopper, Chase um, Super, sorry, the unanimous decision, uh, 30, 27 all the rounds. Caceres, solid on the ground, solid defending the possible rear naked chokes or submission attempts by Hooper. You know, I think it was a stupid fight by the UFC to book Hooper. It was too early, too soon. Caceres, you know, was once in a five fight winning streak. It was ranked in the featherweight division like he's not some slouch or whatever this guy can fight and so i think it's a huge jump obviously serious i think this was his 21st fight but yeah uh then we get to the main card holy shit we <laughs> kick it off sean o'malley with a walk-off ko punch win over eddie wineland eddie wineland is not like a joke guy this guy you know he was a top contender at one point in the bantamweight division former wec champ i believe and Sean O'Malley fucking walk off KO punch, and he's like, I thought, oh, wow, nothing's gonna top this, and then holy shit, later on, 
Um, then we go to Walter Reed. Neil Magny beats Anthony Rocco. Martin via unanimous decision. Uh, it was okay. Magny was the better fighter, obviously. Um, at points, he wasn't... I think he should have used his range better. He had, like, his range or whatever. He was open, and he was landing these shots. He could have finished Anthony Rocco, Martin, for sure. But um, I don't know his game plan, but it worked out. You know, he won, so end of the day. Uh, then we go into bantamweight. Aljamain Sterling uh, beat Corey Sanhagen and essentially a number one contender to fight for the winner of uh, Petrion and Jose Aldo. Sterling locked down that rear naked choke. You know, great. Got choked out. Sanhagen tapped, and then he passed out right after that. You know, great performance by Sterling. Sanhagen told him to get that belt. You know, Aljo's Alge, a real deal, man. After, you know, that rough period where he lost to, uh, I mean, he lost to Caraway and then he lost to Marais. He bounced back and he's been crazy. And, you know, he deserves that title shot. I think it's kind of bullshit that him and Sainagin or um, Petrian like, should have faced one of those two guys or like, this fight could have even been a title fight for... But uh, Jose Aldo gets one, even though he's on a two-fight losing streak, and he lost in his uh, bantamweight deb- debut. So I think that's kind of bullshit. And then Cody Garbrandt coming back with the buzzer beater uh, KO win over Rafael Sansa on the bantamweight division with, with like one second left. <laughs> Cody Garbrandt one K- KO punches. What a knockout! You know, Garbrandt looks great. You know, he's now splitting camp from a team alpha male and. Training with Mark Henry, not the world's strongest man, WWE wrestler Mark Henry, but Mark Henry, the MMA coach. And, you know, he looked great, obviously. So, you know, great performance. Bantamweight's fun. It's a lot of, there's a lot of fun matchups now. And then we go to the main event, you know, Amanda Nunes to take on Fleece. Suspenser wasn't even a close fight. Nunes absolutely dominated. I don't know who's going to face Nunez next, if she's going to fight at Featherweight or at Bantamweight, defending the belts. She's also the first person to defend two belts. Because um, what's happened, Connor, Connor never defended the Featherweight belt after winning the Lightweight belt or def- vice versa. And DC could, uh, didn't do it. He had to release. Re- so, like, every they had to vacate one belt, everyone who won double belts or whatever. But she was actually able to do so. So, you know, great performance with Amanda Nunes. Felicia Spencer's a tough chick. So, next we're going to go into what is an underwhelming card. Um, UFC Finite, Jessica I versus Cynthia Calvillo. It's not good. <laughs> I got to say, like, it's not, I don't, Jessica I, we last saw her, what she won a decision fight. Fight via decision, which is kind of. She was she also missed weight in her last fight, you know, and the fight before that she got starched by Valentina, and then Cynthia Calvillo's missed weight and really, um, I don't think she's even ranked in the one twenty five, and fly she was ranked at strawweight, but she kept on missing weight in strawweight. She missed weight in her last fight, which probably helped because uh. She was up against, um, what's her name? Marina Rodriguez, I think. So, yeah, let's just run it on the card real quick. So, we'll kick off with the opener, opening bout. Um, Anthony Ivey, who we just mentioned, um, was supposed to, he was originally going to step in, um, but then he wasn't needed. 
which is a good thing for him because he was going to step up and face at 185 when his natural division is 170 at welterweight. He's debuting. Um, he's making his debut against uh, Christian. Don't call me Christina Aguilera. Aguilar. Uh, Aguilera. <laughs> Christian, don't call me Christina Aguilera. Aguilar. Aguilera. Um, another guy making UFC debut. Really, I don't know much about either guy. Um, both guys have fought in... Uh, Ivy's fought in Texas promotions and uh, Aguilar's fought in LFA in the past. I don't know that much about either guy. I, I would, you know, it's interesting to see how it goes if they, if something can prove. Um, then we have Jordan Griffin who's coming off a uh, submission win over TJ Brown. He's taking on uh, Derek Minner. Uh, Minner lost was a contender series fighter lost to Herbert Burns and then stepped in, in the last minute. To take on Grant Dawson, he lost to him. Griffin's coming off a submission when you know Griffin is a is a fun fighter and is, is a fun fighter and has power and can 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 grapple and everything. Um, these two have actually fought. This is the this isn't the first time these two guys have fought against each other. Um, it's the second time. Let me just see. So their first time that they fought against each other, Jordan Griffin was eight. Uh, this the first time they fought was what year? Oh, they fought each other in uh 2018 for LFA, and uh, he beat uh, Minner via submission armbar. So I think I don't think things have changed. I think Griffin's gonna win again. Um, you know, we got a flyweight bout. Ryan Benoit taking on uh. Tyson Nam. Um, Tyson Nam, fun fighter. You know, flyers always bring it. Um, he's on a two-fight losing streak, so but he's fought against Sergio Pettis and uh, Keller and Kai Kara France, who always brings it. Uh, Benoit has been training, uh, trading wins back and forth in his recent fights, so it's flyweight. I think these guys will always bring it, these flyweight fights. Um, then we go into... Um, Bantamweight, uh, Julia Avila takes on Gina Mazzani. Um, originally, Julia Avila was supposed to take on uh, Carol Rosa. Rosa had some visa issues. There were some visa issues. There was two uh, Her, um, Luana Carolina was supposed to take on Aaron and Lipsky, both for Brazilians, and obviously had that visa issue as well. Um, as well as... Um, uh, Melissa Gatto was also pulled out of her fight, and we'll discuss that later. Um, so yeah, Julia Villa is going to take is taking on uh, Gina Mazzani. Mazzani was one in three in the UFC and then got cut. Won a fight. Now she's back as a last minute replacement. Uh, she's the boyfriend of Tim Elliott, so maybe things can change. I I think Julia Villa is someone to watch out for. She's seven and one. Uh, she had a great debut. Um, and I think she'll continue to rise in this division. Uh, then we get into uh, lightweight Charles Rosa back after getting outclassed by uh, Bryce Mitchell. He's taking on Kevin Aguilar. You know, Aguilar is a fun fighter too. Should be a fun fight. You know, should be a fun fight at lightweight. Um, then we have at flyweight at 125 um, Maria Agapov taking on uh, Hannah Cipher. So Hannah Cipher's two weeks ago. Lost uh, Dern. He's back. She's fighting a weight class up against a girl who actually... <laughs> and Agapovov 
actually, I believe, has fought at 135. And she has a five inch. She has five inches on her. She's five foot six to five foot one of Hannah Cyphers. I think Agapova, I think because of the weight difference and kind of, I think Cyphers is way too small for a flyweight division, but I think Agapova should win. Um, then we get into a flyweight bout, uh, a, fl- a bout between two flyweights that's taking ba- place at the Bantamweight division. Uh, number 13 ranked Jordan Espinosa taking on Mark De La Rosa. Um, both guys are on losing streaks right now. Espinosa is on a two fight losing streak. Uh, Mark De La Rosa is on a three fight losing streak. De La Rosa, you, um, you can attest his losing streak more. The reason why, because so certain guys, obviously, if you're on three fight losing streak, you don't really get the chance to still stay in the UFC, and that's possible. And the reason maybe he's still in the UFC is because of his wife. Because him and his wife are the first ever fighters to fight on the same card, a wife and husband duo. So it's possibly maybe the reason why, but um, why she's on the card. But yeah, there's that. Um, and next next fight we have. So, but it should should be a fun fight. Next, it should be a banger. Uh, Andre Philly, Touchy Philly, taking on Charles Jordan. Charles Jordan. Coming off a crazy uh, upset, uh, being do do Hoi Choi Superboy, and uh, and Choi is uh, and start via KKO in his last fight, so he's gonna bring it in this fight. He's taking on Philly Andre Philly, who last lost to Sodi Kusif in a fun back and forth fight. You know, should be a banger. These two guys should bring it. Um, then at 135, Ben Ray Borg is back after fi- fighting three weeks ago in a fun fight with Ricky Simon against Mareb Devlishevli. Mareb is on a three-fight win streak. You know, should be another again fun fight back and forth. Guy fight, Ray Borg always you know brings it, makes it interesting. Then in our co-main event, uh, we got Marvin Vittori against Carl Robertson. At middleweight, um, they're originally supposed to fight um, at UFC Fight Nights. Oliver uh, Smith versus Shara. Um, Robertson missed weight and then had to wait and had to pull out from sickness from weighing uh, complications. Vittori tried to scrap with them afterwards in the hotel. So he's got the animosity. Hopefully that shows in the fight and then our main event. Uh, really underwhelming main event. Uh, and uh, Jessica I taking on Sydney Calvillo. Uh, Calvillo is a 10th ranked strawweight. Uh, Jessica I is the number one contender right now in the flyweight division. Probably that's going to change. But um, yeah, I'm not really. Like, Calvillo hasn't been that interesting. She's shown that, like, really, she can't. She has an attitude that she's better than she is. She's missed weight three times now. Uh, it's two white two times now, and she hasn't. In one of those fights, she she got her submission win was because of her weight, and then in the last fight, you could test the reason why she was able to get, get that draw is because she five pounds over, and take she was able to take down Marina and have that weight advantage. Really, she hasn't. She's had like her first two fights in UFC were interesting, but after that, really hasn't been consistent. And obviously, Jessica eyes not finishing anybody she's not that interesting of a fighter either so like it's really disappointing that we have this type of fight as a main event of fight night so that's it for so pretty much that's it 
for this week of uh, episode seven of Fill Me In. Uh, once again, thank you for everyone that's listening. You know, su- subscribe on iTunes or whatever plat- podcast platform you're listening to uh, to this on. And um, thanks. <laughs> Rest in power, it's all about power Squeeze two lemons together and really all you'll have is sour Diesel, niggas will smoke your ass and have the juice Riding around in an all black coupe Couple of pictures that's ready to shoot Shit, ducking and bucking and dodging and dropping With 48 ounces and cigarette butts Fucking around with the up echelon It will turn you to cues and I hope you be gone Everyone the overload, cranium overdose Didn't cascade, what the fuck is the house? Click on your pap, bitches are wrapped Sierra, my witness, I pray for a nap Younger and the rest will turn with the pass Key in ignition, put on the gas None of you niggas is Second that jab, go team in the Glock and the Cypress and gas. Green gun, particles, turn you into molecules. Planet shrooms, planet shrooms, I'll take you to my panic room. Yeah, 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 yeah. All these niggas stealing my style, can I get my flow back? Yeah, bob on that bitch like Kodak. Yeah, bitch, you know that. Yeah. I push your shit all back. Told that bitch I got money, ayy. Counting them hundreds is nothing, ayy. Told that little bitch I got money, ayy. Told that little bitch it is nothing, ayy. Hit that bitch right from the back, she got turkey. I knock out that bitch like it's stuffing. Told that little bitch that I'm with it. Told that little bitch that I'm with it. Ayy, what? 21 low boat, yeah, just a curry, cut your throat, yeah, cold that do the most, yeah, told that little bitch I got all the money, I swear this shit is just nothing, I just be dancing right up on that bitch, yeah, would you be stunting? That one I gained on that boy not my friend I hang with my game, this ain't game to feel all of my pain When I was struggling through the rain When I had no guard with no ice Wasn't no food but rice All of these bitches they want me but they get one night Fuck em. I give a fuck what you saying Bitch nigga no I ain't playing I'm by my fatty Selling team armor we ready Fuck up that nigga if he talk out too heavy I'm body. it Chains on my neck cost me 20 Look at your diamonds, your diamonds look like they fake Young nigga in the Gucci stands Fuck with me if you wanna die Young nigga I don't want no suit and ties Fuck no Love boat Turn away Turn on, turn on, turn on, turn on, turn on. Gangsta, I sent my bitch to the store cause we ran out of soda. What? Bitch, I'm trying to cook this Yola. Honey round drum on the bottom of that shit. Chop a nigga down like a fucking lawnmower. AK-47 around my motherfucking shoulder. Pull up in a rover, then I put up on the pistol. Put up on your bitch, she suck my dick and then you kiss the twin. Young savage bitch and I don't play around with them switches. I just smoke them woods. Yeah. Bitch, I'm from the hood. Yeah. Zone 6, go to Crest Road, you can't go there. 21 gang, bitch. Yeah. 21, 21, 21. I'm in NYC, I think I got a fucking show there. Yeah. Hold up. Roll it on my wrist. Roll it on my bitch. What? 30 on my waist. What? 30 to your face. Yeah. 60 to your face. Yeah. 90 to your face. Yeah. That's a closed case. Yeah. You an old nigga. Man, you washed up. Young Savage, man, I got my car washed up. Put up on a motherfucking nigga rocked up. Then yeah. I put up in a motherfucking bridge truck. Turn away. Turn away. Turn away. Turn away. Turn away. Turn away.
Tired. They dead flies. 